Chief. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of Football is Life. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ethan. I'm here with uh, one of your other hosts, Nat. Yo, how's it going? But our, our other co-host finally returning, Matt. What is up? Matt's back. <laughs> and I'm glad to be back. Return of the Matt. It's back. So we wanted to start off this show by uh, letting you, Matt, talk about uh, some of the stuff that you missed during your, your time away. Uh, so much has happened. So you came up with three things uh, uh, ranked of of uh, during that time. So so what what were your biggest takeaways from your time away? Uh, so the biggest thing I missed, and the one I was the saddest to not be here for, was the completion of the season sweep of the Seattle Sounders. Uh, Seattle came to Geotis and I was devastated to miss that game um, because Nashville completed the sweep. They went two and0 um, and it was a, it was a pretty good performance uh, and it was really fun and I feel like we're too far out to talk trash so I'll just let it sit. Also, I think we need the horn though, Nat. Give us a horn for the Nat. No, <laughs> no, no, no horn Nat, for that. Nat, Nat controls the horn. Nope. Um, <laughs> he's got too much power. Uh, and then, uh, hold, hold on, hold on. Before we move on to that, really, that's that's number one. That's yeah. really number one out of the big storylines because because that like. Did. Like we're talking about games of soccer. This was not the best game of soccer at all, or anything close to that. Or also biggest news, but also I would say again, well I said this uh, before. Nashville didn't. It's not like Nashville turned a corner in this game. Like uh, they were in bad form before this game, and then they were, and then obviously uh, what we're going to talk about in this episode with NFC. Uh, but like they didn't turn a corner. They're still in, I would still say they're in a bad run of form and nothing really changed with the way they played. So I am going to say that it's too early to say that this was like a point where they turned a corner, but they did actually beat. And uh, this is the, this is the next thing I'll talk about is the next team they played is LAFC who are probably the best team in the league right now. I think you can say that and nobody can take too much issue with you saying that whether or not they are the single best team. Uh, they bring in Chiellini and they bring in Bale. Um, obviously, I was wrong about Bale not coming to the MLS, but now he's here and of course he goes to LA. Um, but Nashville actually beats um, LA in XG. So um, if the game is played twice, maybe Nashville wins. Um, so, so Matt, can you say can you say that again about uh, about what you were wrong about? Can you can you say that again? You can't I, horn it if <laughs> if you're not gonna horn the. I national. can do whatever I can do whatever I want. Uh, I think you missed your opportunity. I think that horn hits less hard as if you'd gotten it the first time. But um, so the. The Keelini and Bale to the a all-time great defender and an all-time great attacker 
I'm more sure about the all-time great defender than I am about the all-time great attacker. But Bale is still obviously very talented, one of the more talented players to ever come to the MLS, um, if you look at his career holistically. So two, two key pieces who can put in important minutes, if not a lot of minutes, for a team that was already quality um, is a big deal, and it probably makes them favorites to hold the trophy at the end of the season. Uh, that's the big deal. And we'll get uh, we we'll probably talk about more of that um, when we get into yeah. uh, we can do a deeper dive on that topic because I know that happened this last week so yeah um, there or there, at least their first game did uh, which was at Geodis in Nashville. Um, oh hold hold on are you saying that you think LAFC is going to win the MLS Cup this year? No. If I if you were to ask me to take LAFC or the field, I would take the field. If you were to ask me who the favorite is, I'd say LAFC. Interesting. I, I mean, like, I'm not picking them yeah. over yeah. every uh-huh. other team. Yep. But, but I, I'll, I'll definitively say my mm-hmm. opinion as of this week, and it's subject to change, is that LAFC is the favorite to win the whole thing. Okay. Um, Sounds good. And what was, uh, and uh, so number two, um, Keenini and Bale. Did you have a um, third? So another big thing that I want to talk about, but I won't talk about yet, is uh, mm-hmm. Shaq Moore. Obviously, I recognize um, the importance of that signing, but for now, because that happens this last week, and we can we can get all of our opinions on that, I'll just say um, Cucho uh, coming in and making an instant impact. He looks like on the run of form he's on. He had he started the season here, he would be the MVP front runner, and it wouldn't be close. Um, he is making an instant impact and it's a big deal. And if he continues this run of form, um, the ceiling for the crew could be, you know, it could be the cup. That's, that's the new ceiling for this team. Uh, Fano, uh, one thing, uh, going back to Nashville, Seattle, the save, uh, the save, is it save of the year? I, uh, any thoughts on, uh, Joe Willis, um, miraculous save against New Who to deny him his first ever goal. Yeah, Joe Willis um, saves what would probably have been classified as an own goal, maybe. An own goal? No way. No way. That's definitely on target. It was definitely on target. It takes a pretty nasty deflection. But it's um, on the, the save. If it's on target, incredible. then it's already. We don't really know where that ball was going. I, yeah, I. No, I it was going. That goes in. I don't think we really get an answer from the back question. angle. You can see it's going in. It's definitely not getting past yeah. Willis without the deflection. Okay. And even with the okay. deflection. You see the game. Um, we, we saw the goal that he let in against LAFC. LAFC. If he lets that in, then he then there's a very decent chance that knew who could have scored. Willis has not been great yeah. this season, but that yeah. save was incredible, and it's a two-point save. It's worth two points on the table, and really it's worth four points because at the end of the season, um, you know, home field advantage might be decided by that by that save. Um, so the save was incredible. No, it's probably not the save of the year, um, but it, it is a great save. It's as good as you can get. Um and so I think I think those are my those are my big three. Uh, we've got 
Um, Nashville completing the sweep of Seattle. The sweep of Seattle, 2-0. and And then we have uh, Bale and Chiellini to LAFC and Cucho coming mm-hmm. in, playing like an MVP. It's a good list. Uh, you have any thought? You have any thoughts, Ethan? Ethan, anything surprise you? Anything that he didn't that Matt didn't pick? I don't think so. I agree with everything you said. Um, Cucho especially has come in and I think he scored like four goals in under ninety minutes of play, something like that. It's totally ridiculous. Do we think they make the playoffs now? Oh, absolutely. I think yes. they're, if I'm correct, they're already in the playoffs. They just yeah, have to hold the position. They jumped. I think they're in the sixth. Yeah, sixth. Yep. That's great. And they have a game in hand on a bunch of teams that are around on both Cincinnati and um, Orlando. I will say that the teams that, that Cucho has scored against so far haven't been top tier. But that being said, he's still playing. He's still playing very well, uh, and I and uh, for as bad as the Eastern Conference is, I expect them to make the make the playoffs. Um, I say we stick with Nashville um, uh, uh, since we've been we've been a la- we've been lacking on Nashville a little bit. So while while Matt hasn't been here, but. Um, so let's uh, so let's start with Nashville's last game against LAFC. Um, I'm gonna be honest. The first time that like after this game had happened, first thing that I went to check um, from this game was was did Bale and Kiwi play? Like like I didn't even look at the score first. I was just okay. Did they start? Did they play? Um, what, what, uh, what were your thoughts on takes to this game, Matt? Um, so Bale comes off the bench and Keeling starts. Um, LAFC are obviously, like as I just said, uh, in my opinion, the best team in the league. Um, Nashville was hoping to get a point off of them. Um, and at the end of the first half, it looks like they might. Um, with Hani converting a great PK from the spot, I think it hits the post and goes in. Um and then heartbreak at the very beginning of the second half and LAFC holds on. I think the final XG in this game, expected goals, is two, roughly two to Nashville and roughly 1.2 to LAFC, um, which means if everybody just took all the shots they took um, in this game, you expect Nashville to score two goals and you expect LAFC to score 1.2 goals, which really rounds down to one. Um, obviously the, the result is flipped, um, but I don't take any issue with the performance here, um, especially considering that the Nashville just brought in who is probably the new third best player on their entire team maybe tied with Leal for that tied for third spot um, on the entire roster. Um, and also we're coming off bad form. Um, I, I don't, you, I don't take issue with this results. Uh, I you rank, you rank Shaq more that high. Yes. That high he's third best. 
um, on the team. I, I think I think Walker and Hani are one and two in any order. Hundred percent. And then I think Shaq Moore and Randall Leal are three and four in any order. I and I really can't think I mean, of anyone else on the roster that that you could argue above Shaq Moore. Uh I would put I would uh even though you said that Joe Wiz hasn't been great this year, I would put him ahead of of Shaq Moore. Um hundred percent. Um I would also I and then um I uh and then honestly like I might even put put Sapong ahead. I as Sapong well. is so I think Sapong is more interesting than Willis. Willis's numbers actually put him in like at the bottom eight goalies in the leagues in terms of XG to actual goals. Um his, but his in advanced the, analytics aren't that great. Obviously, he's the, capable of making the, incredible saves. This has to be like his down year from his th- from the compared to uh, his numbers from 2020 and 2021. Like, um, I think if you take those into consideration, I, I, um, and I would, I would say that like that's why, like, he has history. Like, he was one of the best keepers in the league for both both of the last uh, two years. That's how they kept a lot of how Nashville gets so many ties. Um, his his advanced numbers have also never been as good as they seem because he faces less shots than the average keeper. So it's like total shutouts pitched is not an accurate representation of Joe Willis as a player. I've met Joe Willis. I really like Joe Willis. Um, I don't want to replace Joe Willis unless something special comes along. Um, but I really feel like the players that can meaningfully change a game and turn a, you know, make a negative result to an even result or an even result to a positive result. Uh, I think there's really four, maybe five players on the team. And I think Shaq Moore makes that list. I am very shocked to see from looking at the stats of this game, the Nashville actually had um, more of the possession in this game. I mean, like it's not much, it was 50, 50.1 to 49.9. But uh, you almost ne- literally, we never, ever see that from Nashville from uh, the way they play. Um, so I find that surprising. Um, what did you think of, uh, what did you think of the penalty decision, um, Matt? You talked about, you talked about the goal, but what did you think about the call? Obviously, they went to VAR to make the call. Um, do you have any thought? Did you have any thoughts about that? Uh, it's a good call. Um, uh, the contact is pretty light, but it's also pretty definitive. Uh, the intent of the tackle is clear, and the ball is, you know, well out of reach. Uh, I don't think it's a call you can avoid making. Um, the only question is because the contact is so light. The question is if it's a clear and obvious error to not call it. Um, it's the right call in the run of the game. I don't know if it's right to use VAR to make the call. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is change, so what I'll say. Yeah. Mind. What I'll say is like this feels like something that happens on literally every corner kick. Um, and like it's like I, I agree with the call. Like anytime, like you see the jersey stretch. Anytime someone's like holding on to them, like you can't do that. You can't hold on to a player like that. Like that is the clearest 
uh, foul anytime you see the jersey stretch. So that being said, it has to be a PK. Uh, didn't mean to do. <laughs> In a I was going to say, I thought, that was, I thought that was overuse of the horn. I didn't think it yeah. like had been dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In inverted horn there, my bad. Um, um, but uh, uh, but I also think, um, but again, yeah, I, I feel like this happens so many times on, on, on corner kicks. There's always a little bit of pushing like this, and there's jersey tugging. So it's also like it's it's tough. To, to call this it's it's just it's so rarely called do you have any thoughts ethan uh i think this is a penalty uh once again like you said as soon as you see the the, the shirt tug like it has to be a penalty especially in a situation like that where i feel like cj spong cj spong sapong i don't know why i couldn't say his name <laughs> um cj sapong definitely had I think an opportunity to make a chance uh, to make a play on the ball there um, or at least influence the play. And I think that LAFC defender pulling him down, like it's, it's a penalty. It has to be. There's also a case to be made that uh, also like when you watch the highlights of it, they only show one replay of this. That's not slowed down. Um, and this is, I would say a clear example of something that looks so much worse when it's slowed down um, and how when you slow stuff down, it's always going to look worse um, because the one angle that they show um, in real time, like that's something that I would say, then I would say it's not clear and obvious. Um, like when you slow it down, you can see it, but um, like, that's another question. Like should the VAR see, um, slow down the play at all um because like how how fast something happens should also contribute to the decision being made uh Uh, yeah yeah. i i think i think it's a pk and um frankly and candidly it doesn't really matter if it's pk because the goal doesn't count for anything but the golden boot race (laughs) which mm. Hani is very yeah. much in the middle of right now. Um, and with Tati on his way out, Hani has a real shot at it. Uh, also, um, I just have to say, like, again, I, the, the goal that Joe Willis lets in in the, the this first <laughs> goal, like, he lets in this, but he, he can save the, the new who won. <laughs> This, I, it's pathetic. This, it's a that terrible... goal for me is much more on the defense than Joe Willis. I think Joe Willis can barely even see the ball. But the ball, I just feel like uh, uh, it just feels it takes forever for the ball to actually go in the net. Like it's not, doesn't look like it's going that fast on the play, which just uh, makes it feel like it's like, I feel like he could have done something, even though the defense definitely let them down. Um, did, Matt, did you have any? Yeah. Uh, I, Matt, I want to ask you a question. I went to the YouTube highlights for this video. Uh, the ones uploaded by uh, the Nashville YouTube channel. Uh, so I could review the penalty. Um, and I just noticed there's a comment. It's got two likes. Um, just says Gary out. 
And I wanted to know what you think of a potential Gary Smith out movement. Uh, I think it's absurd to call for that. Um, the 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 place where the resentment is coming from within the fan base, um, you know, the three people that think this, apparently the commenter and the two likers, <laughs> <laughs> are um, the resentment comes from the style of play. Um, it's boring. Right. Um, it results in a lot of draws. It results in a lot of games that feel just out of reach. Like if we just allowed the players to play, maybe they could do something special, especially with a talent like Hani. It feels like you just want to let the team breathe and not like, not like box them into this like very methodical play style um, that can feel dull and um, boring. But the results speak for themselves. The team is so young and the team has a really, really, really good win percentage considering the age of the club. Um, and I, I think I think those people need to take a deep breath, look at the table, look at the history of the club, and look at the history of some of the clubs that we are ahead of and maybe some of the clubs that we swept this season and acknowledge that we're in a good place, um, all things considered. But but uh, that being said, like um, I like right now again, Nashville is in like um, and, and I don't think Gary Smith should get fired. I, I I I think he's doing a good job with the team. But I would say the team still is in like a is it, it has, is in a slide since the international break um, in June since the since the long one happened. Um, the team has not looked the same. Um, the only reason that they were able to get a win against the Sounders is because the Sounders played down um, to to Nashville, um, and uh, we played terrible. Like, um, but we played we played terrible in that game. But I wouldn't say Nashville played to their potential in that game um, either. Um, I feel like Nashville is playing well below their potential right now. And the fact that they brought in another defender um, is insane to me because the defense is not a problem that I is not something that I think they need fixing. Yes. They had a bad, they gave away a bad goal, um, but the defense is good. Like it's, it still feels to me like um, where they need help is they need um, someone they need someone in the midfield. They need someone else in the midfield um, or another forward, uh, depending on if they decide if Mukhtar is a forward or a midfielder, because Mukhtar is still the own doing it all by himself. They need someone to to help um, to help uh, carry carry the load. So whoa. So I, I would like yeah. to talk about the Shaq Moore acquisition. Um, it's just, do we want to do that after we review the other games, or do we want to just jump into that now? Let's do that now, since we're on Nashville. All right. So Nashville last season, um, or in the past, had Alistair Johnston at right back, um, a Canadian international. He was very talented. Um, he's moved to Montreal. I'm 99% sure he's at Montreal. Um, and since then we have tried to replace him with Eric Miller and Alex Mule and Sean Davis 
And we've really just been plugging a hole um, with like duct tape and, and it really hasn't worked. There's no true quality right backs on the team. Um, and so the quality of the back line has been the left back in Lovitz, the uh, American international Walker Zimmerman um, and Romney and Mayer are two other center backs, both of whom I believe could start on almost any other MLS team. But the right back really has been weak. Even though there's been four good defenders, you can really only have three of them on the field at a time, whether it be a four back or a three back. Uh, bringing in Shaq Moore allows for the three center backs, Walker, um, Jack Mayer, and Romney to play. Uh, and then the two outside backs, Shaq Moore and Lovitz, to make a five back. But it's, I mean, every five back is also a three back. It's up to the outside backs to determine how far forward they want to play. Um, and this allows for like a, like a five, uh, three, two kind of situation with McCarty, McCarty Liao and Mukhtar in the middle with CJ and Ake Loba up top. Obviously, I would rather Ake Loba be with the amount we paid for him. And as a DP, I'd rather he be better. But I think that what Shaq Moore unlocks is a very good team that is very dangerous through the middle and through the width uh, with those deep crosses coming from Lovitz and Shaq Moore. Um, I like the signing because the hole, even though there were four good defenders, was still at right back. I would love to either see improvement from Ake Loba or move on from him. Um, but I think Shaq Moore is the best solution that doesn't involve moving out and moving in a DP. So in your mind, Mukhtar is still a midfielder? Or would you say, because uh, it seems like he, a lot of times when they're successful, when Nashville is successful, he's playing forward. Uh, he's more, he, I, I see him as a midfielder. Um, I think that's the way to get your best 11 players on the field. Um, because I see Ake Loba as a part of the best 11. Um, but I see him as more of a free roamer, uh, free roaming midfielder uh, who really has the freedom to get forward whenever he wants. What do you think, Ethan? We've talked so much about the defense, how their team is all defense. I feel like they need more attacking weapons and not, and not at another defender. How do you feel? Well, I think signing a young player like Shaq Moore is never really a bad thing. Um, but I do agree that I think having uh, a proper striker, a younger striker, because I do like Sapong, but a proper younger striker who I think could, could wear multiple hats as a striker um, could really help. Because um, then, like Matt said, it could also allow uh, Mukhtar that freedom in the midfield to just sort of be Hani and, and do whatever he wants and support that striker. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I think that would be good. And honestly, whatever striker can make a relationship with Hani, I think would be helpful for Nashville. Who are the three GP? The three DPs for Nashville currently are Mukhtar, Loba, and is the other one Zimmerman? Yeah, it is. Right now? Uh, Zimmer, we had two, and then when Walker signed a new contract, he became a DP. 
Mm. Yeah, it definitely feels like um, with Ake Loba's uh, performance, they could, they should try to either lower his contract or move on from him because, uh, because while like he's still a young player, he's still a young player. Um, I think that they could get someone with more experience and is going to do more because he's still very unreliable um, with the team. So I, I think they're definitely over, they've definitely been overpaying for him so far. Um, uh, for Shaq Moore in general, do you think uh, Shaq Moore has the world cup coming up soon? Do you think this increase, this does anything for his chances at going to the world cup? So Shaq Moore really had two options here. He could fight for minutes in La Liga, or he could come to the MLS and be a bona fide starter 90 minutes every game. Um, so at the position he's playing, his competition for the World Cup roster is DeAndre Yedlin. And his path to the World Cup roster was through the MLS, through being a bona fide starter in the MLS, and through being a star on his own team um in a lower quality league than you know the top five uh where Shaq Moore really could fight for minutes um so I think when you look at the 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 specific battle and Shaq Moore specifically his path to the World Cup roster um I think it I think Nashville is his best move or not necessarily Nashville just the MLS or a league where he can play 90 minutes a game it's definitely going to be tough for him because I, I I agree with you that his competition for like the backup role is Yedlin and Yedlin has been Miami's best player since he came, since he joined Miami. Like um, um, he's one who has been consistently um, contributing um, with uh, Campana. He slowed down with actually scoring goals, but Yedlin has, a bunch of assists this season and he uh, obviously he was just called up for the for the all-star game um he's the only um, representative from Miami so um Shaq Moore definitely has to um start racking up the assists if he has any chance um uh, but I, I think he um I think his chances of going to the world cup are pretty low Still, because I think he's still he he's he was enough far he was enough far behind that and his um and Yemen did better in the games that he's played with the national team than Moore did, um, so it's gonna be tough for him. I would say. I, I agree. I don't think his chances of making the World Cup roster are strong at all, but I do think that. Nashville or a team very similar to Nashville is his best path to the World Cup. And you really can't get any better than playing next to Walker Zimmerman mm -hmm. um, than getting reps with the U.S. men's national team starter, definite starter. The only center back that is definitely going to be a starter bar major fall in form or injury. Um, that's how that's at least how I see Walker's position mm -hmm. on the U.S. team. And so I think Shaq more benefits from playing next to him. Um, final thoughts on, uh, the LAFC Nashville game in Nashville. Um, I wanted to say like, okay, like 
after Bale came comes on as just a substitute. Typical MLS fashion, we saw like five posts. Um, and like the only thing that they were promoting, oh, Bale, Bale um, and Chiellini are in the game. Even if like you look at the thumbnail for the highlights of the game, it's of Bale. Um, I would say like seconds after Bale came on to this game, he did he try he he made a pass with a back heel. Um, so that was he made fun like to, one back heel pass, and then yeah. he became the best player he, in the MLS. Yeah, and then he didn't really do much. Um, uh, but I'm. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, and to see uh, if he if he starts in the future after after getting a couple minutes. Same thing with Kinnini. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, uh, let's move on to NYCFC next. Um, they were. Uh, to, to wrap up Heineken Rivalry Week, uh, the Hudson River Derby, uh, and I think this this game was the best was the was the best game of soccer oh. in the entire of the entire of the of all of Rivalry Week. Like this game was very entertaining. Both teams played very well. Um, and both teams were trying to win like um, yeah. the entire time. Um, unlike, unlike um, El Trafico, unlike the um, Sounders Timbers game, um, like uh, where the Timbers just like came to defend and came to play like a mess. Like both teams set up very well. And I thought this game was very entertaining. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I don't always have the same. It's hard for me to have the same viewpoint as that because mm-hmm. that's a very like yeah. neutral, neutral fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, a viewpoint which is great, but uh, yeah, I can't watch. I it's impossible for me to see any NYCFC or any Red Bull game objectively, um, just because I have such strong feelings. Uh, for both teams, one on the good side, of course, the other on the bad side of feeling. Yep. Um, but I was very happy with how this game turned out. Uh, I I think Red Bulls for first like 40 minutes or so were really pressuring us uh, and were really dangerous. And we held on pretty well defensively. There were some, some nervy moments. Um, but for like the first 40 minutes or so, they really came out um and we're really going hard against us uh but overall i i think it feel it felt like kind of a dominant performance from nycfc especially looking at the stats after the game yeah uh, it felt like in the second half especially we really kind of took more control of the game uh and it was really weird because i've never really seen nycfc play like that before where in the first half we just kind of let red bulls do their thing and we just defended um and in the end it kind of wore the red bulls down a bit and they in the second half they were kind of just like fouling us like that was their biggest uh defense against us if we weren't scoring the opportunities because there were some opportunities where we definitely should have scored and i think that this game definitely should have been at least two nil as opposed to one nil that it was um maybe even three would have been great um 
But that being said, I think if if uh, I think uh, I think you have to give the Red Bulls a goal if it's three one. I think it should have been like three one three two. Like I, like the Red Bulls also had chances. Yeah. Both keepers made a lot of saves in this game. They did. Um, yeah. uh, and it, like you're saying, like the possession. Um, the position does surprise me from because because I watched this full I watched this full game um, and uh, I, it felt more even than the stats say which is sixty four point nine to thirty five point one for yeah. for NYC so that that does surprise me um, a lot just so many good chances in this game um, Tati almost scores like the yes like the goal of the year with a. <laughs> This, oh, like, man. this is like the quality on this bicycle kick is perfect. I really wanted to see that go in. I know, me too. Every Tati, he always tries out bicycle kicks. And it, a lot of the times it really annoys me because he'll be like, he'll be like at the, uh, at the edge of the box, completely away from the goal. And he'll like flick the ball, like the ball will be totally on the ground. And then he'll flick the ball up and like try to do a bicycle kick or something like that. Well, except, and, the, except this one was not him flicking it up. It's I know it was this was like by this was a great opportunity, and it was one of those moments where he hit it really well. It was clean contact, and it really looked for a second like it was going to go in. And I wish it did because that would have been amazing. But yeah, a, a good save by the keeper. Um, the height, the height on on the height that Castellanos jumps on the bicycle kick is yeah. also just insane. Like, I don't <laughs> know how he, he, he jumped that high. Um, honestly, yeah. maybe even a better shot was then later on the, on a free kick. I think it was Morales yeah, who took yeah. the free kick. Um, and the keeper makes a save and yeah, pushes it onto the post. Save. And then Collins come, Callens comes in with a diving header. Um, and the Red Bulls cl- cleared it off the line. Both yeah. of those would have been good goals. Like the yeah, diving header kind of, is insane. The header was was kind of unfortunate because it wasn't. It just wasn't I mean, a great position because he couldn't really get a lot of power on it. And I don't know if he, I don't think it was in the right area for him to like, maybe jump I mean, into like a Paolo Di Canio karate kick. I mean, shot, he, he would have he he put it right at the player, but like, yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm not gonna blame him because. Finishing no, I think he that did the best he could. Finishing that with your feet, fin- finishing the, the way the ball's bouncing and the height that it's at, yeah, is like so unnatural. He made that look yeah. so much easier than it than it was. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I also the, I just I love the intent just to follow it up like yeah. that because he got yeah. there before anybody else, and I love to see that from a player. Well, especially since I thought originally he was going to be the one who took the free kick. Me like, too. He, keep, like he, he keeps he, lining up for free kicks, and I'm and, so ready for him to just absolutely smack one. And this time, he he like really actually moved. Like he moved a lot more than you see the person who's the decoy yeah. doing that. And then instead, just he after they take it, just no one tracks him, and he almost scores on the on the rebound. Um, but it's a good play by the fence. And then um, while both of those didn't result in the goal. The goal that they actually got is still really good. Like, this is a beautiful goal. Um, yeah, the Sounders, I love this goal. The Sounders scored a goal pretty much like this against the Red Bulls in 2012, um, which <laughs> is just like um, 
it's like uh it's another goal that is just so much harder to do than it looks right, to hit yeah. this first time the way that Casianos does like the the amount of power he gets on it like the, um, there's really no chance the keeper is going to save that uh, even though yeah Diego's type uh yeah. type it's a great uh, pass from Santiago Rodriguez who I've been hard on the past couple of weeks um because he's had some some wobbly performances I think he had a good game against uh against New England um but otherwise he's had some shaky performances but I really liked him against Red Bulls I thought he was good um yeah I think what's unfortunate with him is that he's really he's his best in the middle as an attacking midfielder mm -hmm. uh but when Maxi Morales plays he's pushed out to the right and he's not as good he could he, he'll still have a good moment or two but it's not he just doesn't have that same level of productivity because he's just kind of playing in an unnatural spot for him um but i think he's still a really good uh young player uh and i hope we don't lose him too soon like we're gonna lose uh tati so um uh and then also also in this game we had at the very end of the game yeah um uh it was um who who was the player who who took the shot but uh, yeah it was uh it was um, homegrown player justin hack that's right the player who, who born in brooklyn who you've been very fond of recently um yeah who I, came I, on for the I've injured him. for for tinner home um recently uh, uh not well for center home that's uh that's Tavon gray the right back oh, Tim, who, who oh, i Tim do gray. love i love Tavon. Okay. i think he's great great personality uh yeah he he can have some shaky moments as well sometimes in defense uh and and on offense sometimes as well he'll either put out like the best cross you've ever seen from a fullback or like the worst cross you've ever seen mm -hmm. from a fullback it's very 50 50. um but i enjoy him uh, but yeah, Justin Hacks begins yeah. some game time because Keaton Parks has been out. Um, and so every now and then, you know, Hack will come in, uh, kind of do a job. He's not really, he's very much uh, a whole holding it down defensive midfielder. Um, I think he can also play at center back. Um, yeah, he's been decent. And I wish. I, I do wish his shot was a little bit better, though, because what an amazing first goal that would have been. And a Hudson River Derby from, like, 50 yards out. Yeah, it's uh, similar to um, uh, Raul Roy Diaz's goal against Austin last year. Uh, and today is actually one year since that goal happened, um, where where he scored <laughs> from, from, from midfield. Um, uh, also, like they could have scored on the rebound there. I was shocked that Heather didn't know, sc uh, get the rebound. He just completely skied it. Um, but from how highly I I rate Heber, uh, um, I'm I'm surprised he didn't score that. I know. I thought he was gonna score it too. And I want to say I I finally met him this past uh, a couple days ago on Wednesday. I met him at a training. A bunch of season ticket holders were invited to go to a training session and players came afterwards and talked to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I met him and my older brother, Daniel, he, he asked him 
how to correctly pronounce his name because we've heard so many different pronunciations mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. He bear, hey bear. Yeah. <laughs> or there are some like some of the really American ones are always like ever. And now it's ever <laughs> on the ball. Um, and he told us, uh, he said, there's no H. He said, you don't pronounce the H. So it's, I assume it's more like a bear, something like that, as opposed to ever. Or is um, it E-bear? Which always sounded ridiculous. Um, is it E-bear, <laughs> Eber, or Aber? I, I assume like, I, I'm going to go with a bear because that sounds like the most, there are those accents there, but. That one does sound um, like that. Yeah, I would always pronounce the H, but you don't pronounce the H. That's what we hey like, so. Yeah. Okay, good to know. We, yeah, what we'll a try lovely not guy, to though. make that mistake again. Yes, uh, soon to be getting a bigger role, it seems like. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. Matt, do you have any thoughts on NYCFC versus the Red Bulls uh, or, or, or in comparison to this game and, and other games this week? Uh, yeah, I think the, the New York... Uh, rivalry is probably the best quality wise in the MLS right now. Um, I don't think there's another rivalry with two teams that are this good. Um, maybe the closest you come to this is either LA or the two best Texas teams. Um, but I think the New York, uh, uh, I think the Hudson river Derby is, is still the most quality between the two. And then um, unless somebody really wants to respond to that or disagree with that. Um, I, mean, I think that I, I, I don't think it's close. I think that makes a lot of sense because like, um, like you look at the standings, this is a game between a team, the teams that are in second and third in the Eastern conference in the yeah. LA Derby. It's a team, but it's a, uh, game between one and seven and texas is between six and eleven so it's like two teams who are doing so much better than everyone yeah. and like the red bulls have been like like well we talk about nycfc so much like um and we hate on the red bulls like the red bulls have been very underrated this year and they're very not talked about at all um for how well they've been doing this year um I don't think they're going to win the, I don't think they're going to win the cup again this year, but um, they're, they're an underrated team. And, and uh, uh, we've talked before, before we've, we've, uh, we've argued about like, which is more entertaining, good games of like, um, like uh, good, good soccer play is good soccer play more entertaining than like a bad, uh, than a game with lots of mishaps um, and giveaways um, like we see in El Trafico, which game is more entertaining. And I feel, and I, again, I feel like this New York game is a clear example of like when two teams are playing um, up to their highest quality, um, uh, then the game is going to be more entertaining because you get to see, because when you see skills like, what we saw Castellanos do and, and Collins in this game um, and Morales' free kick, when you see that in the saves, like that's always going to be better than a game that has tons of mistakes. Yeah. And uh, we did, we yeah. did, we did a Twitter poll. Thank you to everyone who voted. Uh, we got 41 votes. Unfortunately, I can't look into the specifics of those votes, 
but we voted uh, or we asked uh, the people of Twitter uh, what the best rivalry in the MLS is. And sort of what you guys were just talking about, uh, the options that we had were, you know, El Trafico, uh, Sounders v. Timbers, Hudson River Derby, and Houston versus Dallas. Uh, Houston versus Dallas got no votes at all. Zero percent voted for Houston v. Dallas. Uh, Hudson River Derby, of uh, the nice thirty-two percent of the vote. Uh, Sounders v. Timbers with twenty-nine percent, and then El Trafico winning with thirty-nine percent of the vote. And uh, and as a uh, I, I felt like we had to to do the horn there as much as I I hate the results. Yeah. I think this shows this is why we need more people to this is why we need more people to follow the Twitter at WECB football because yes. uh, El Trafico is a hundred percent not the best rivalry <laughs> um, or biggest rivalry um, in MOS. No, it might way. it might be the biggest, but but I do I, think I'd say it's the biggest. But I, I do think that the based on the quality of the teams, the Hudson River Derby is the is the standard um, right now. Um, and then it's I guess, the best game. It's nowhere close to the best. It's nowhere close to the best rivalry. The best, the one will always be, it will always be this the Sounders Timbers because of the history. <laughs> uh, I guess you know moving on from this game specifically. Yeah. I guess there's two questions um, that I want to I want to get the answer um, Ethan's answer to sure uh, and they kind of go together. Um, so what do you think of Cushing's NYCFC, and what do you think of Tati leaving? Um, the second one's probably bigger, and we can spend more time on that. But yeah. I think they're related because Cushing will have to have to play with an NYCFC team that doesn't involve Tati. It's true. Yeah. Um, I was talking a little bit about this last week is that um, whenever a change in a team happens or results aren't perfect, it's natural. It's just human nature, but especially with sports fans, we always look for a scapegoat. We always want somebody to blame. And so when Cushing's results weren't automatically fantastic. Uh, some fans were very quick and eager to jump on the Cushing out train, uh, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because he's been with the team for a couple of years now. Even if we sign a head coach that's not him, he's still going to be an assistant coach with the team. He just signed a contract extension and he's a good coach. I, I personally, I like Cushing. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, didn't meet him on Wednesday. That would have been nice. Um, I probably, I mean, I probably wouldn't have, but I maybe would have asked him. Uh, but my, my biggest gripe with him is that for whatever reason, he continues to sub off Talis Magno in the range of like 66th minutes, like the 75th minute. And I never understand why, because he's always like our second or third best player on the field. And he always takes him off. And I don't know if there's a fitness issue with Magno or something, but he keeps taking him off. And I don't understand it because 
he's he's great and he's playing really really well for us and we're definitely going to need him uh to step up after tati leaves um so i have no clue why he keeps taking him off um he also he clearly seems to be a big fan of justin hack who is getting his most nycfc game time ever uh, in the last couple of weeks uh but overall i'm i like cushing i'm with it um i think he's a i think he's a solid coach sometimes well in his first couple of games he did not go to the substitutions as nearly as fast as i want i wanted him to um but in the last couple of games uh unfortunately though sometimes it's been for for magno <laughs> he's been quicker with the substitutions and so i've enjoyed that um and I think with any change, the team just needed time to, to just get with it. Um, and I think they have finally. Um, and so I think, I think we're in good hands with Cushing and I would probably be surprised if we did sign uh, a head coach, like an outside head coach at the end of the season. Um, unless, unless somehow Cushing like drives us into the ground, but I mean, I don't think he will. Um, yeah, who I did meet though on Wednesday was assistant coach, uh, Mehdi Belushi, who is also a former NYCFC player, super nice guy, uh, scored like two bangers for NYCFC in their first season, one of them against the Sounders. Um, so it was nice to meet him because he's kind of a part of NYCFC history. Um, and yeah, when it comes to Tati, obviously it's, it's huge. Um, I also got to meet him on Wednesday and that was really important because he is probably the most important player in NYCFC's history. That might did be you a, ask, a big, did you claim, ask him but... anything? Did you ask him <laughs> anything? Did, what did you, no, did you say I, anything to him? No, I didn't ask. I, I had a really, I couldn't say anything to these players. I wasn't ready for it because I, I'd met players before and it had been fine. But like yeah. when the players started coming over, I was just like, "Hey, yeah, it's like it's true. Like, what do you say you to them?" This? I was yeah, it's like, "Hey," it's, also because a lot of them speak Spanish, and I don't, I don't speak it, yeah. Spanish. My mom speaks Spanish though, so she would speak Spanish to them, and and they liked that. Um, That's awesome. We did the um, Tavon Gray. He signed me and my brothers, and my younger brother. Um, we're, we're all big fans of Tavon Gray because you know he's he's young. Yeah. Uh, homegrown player from new york like us um and uh for the past couple of weeks my brother has my younger brother gabriel who um he's been he sort of created this motto for tavon he's he keeps saying like tavon time kind of in hopes that it'll like catch on maybe or something like that love so, it love it so when we <laughs> i was really surprised that he did this because he's kind of He's kind of more shy like I am, but when Tavon was signing our stuff, he was like, he was like, Hey, what do you think of Tavon time? And he was like, What? He like he was like, What was that? And then he was like, Tavon time, man. And then we were like, Yeah, he's been saying Tavon time. And you know, he like he smiled and whatever. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I have to I, say, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah, my yeah, biggest yeah, hope, yeah. my biggest hope uh with the thing on Wednesday is a. Uh, where we sit is pretty close to the field. That's where our season tickets are. And so I wore my hat that I usually wear 
And so obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I've got bigger hair. So my hair kind of goes out to the side when I wear the hat. My biggest hope is that they'll recognize me from Wednesday and then they'll come over and celebrate uh, in our section. Yeah, get them to jump great. up. Yeah, d jump up into the stadium, into the stadium, <laughs> into the stands. Like that yellow card, um, but it will be worth it because you're there. Yeah, to uh, celebrate Tati's third goal of the match and his final goal. You gotta make, you <laughs> gotta make sure uniform. you gotta get his jersey. Make <laughs> oh, a, you wow. gotta make a sign. After this, go get a poster board. You, you gotta write. I don't know. You could. Yeah, you gotta write something, something there's, that so he has no choice not but not to give you the jersey. There's no way Tati would is. I doubt he's gonna give up his final NYCFC jersey. But <laughs> yeah, um, uh, honestly, I would hang it up like yeah. in Yankee Stadium. Like I would frame it, put it in Yankee Stadium, or something like that. Or maybe when we get a stadium built, we'll put it there. They could hang honestly, it up like should, a banner. They could just hang should, it up like a banner. It's I mean, that just, I mean, it, it would, would be, it, it would, would be bigger would, than the one that we had. But, exactly. Yeah. We should, <laughs> exactly. honestly, we should name our stadium, the Valentin Tati Castellano stadium. Um, Cause I got to say, he really probably is the most important player in NYCFC history. Only NYCFC yeah. player to score uh, in an MLS cup final. Um, he put the team on his back last year. He really did. And even still somewhat this year, um, he's doing the same thing. And we do rely on him for sure. And so I, I am a little worried for what is going to happen when he's gone. Uh, but we have played a couple of games without him this year. Uh, Nate Bears got five goals without really starting that many games. Uh, I think my brothers are too hard on him. They, they keep telling me that he's not like the solution or he's not sufficient enough. But I think he is. I think he's still. I think he's still a good he was striker. A top in the MLS. Uh, he was a top player when they came, when he came into the league before he got injured. Yeah, hundred um, percent. He was playing very. He was playing very well. We just haven't seen that much of him. I think he's yeah. a he's a very good option. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, especially too. for what he he's not a DP or anything. Um, no. Yeah. Right, so. They, they're gonna I, honestly, you know what? That's what I'm most proud of with with Tati is that he was not a DP. He was a, wait. Tati's a, not a DP. He's not a DP. No, no. He's just a, he's just a good signing, well, and I think that's what I'm most proud of. We signed him in like 2018. He was a little. He was a, a winger, um, and he wasn't that great at the start. He scored in his first game, but you know it was like a little tap in. Um, and then it really just saw him grow over like the four years that he was here. Um, and it grew into an MLS cup and it was really amazing to see. So with that, all that being said, I'm surprised, um, Ethan, that you aren't more pissed off with, with how he's leaving. Um, because if I was an NYCFC fan, um, like I, I think all NYCFC fans right now should be, extremely pissed off by the way that the city the city uh ownership group is handling this situation um nycfc is basically having the, their best they're coming off their their best season ever they win a MLS cup um they have a great coach 
They got a great coach. They got a great goal scorer. And then in the span of like a month, uh, they lose their coach midseason, which has got to hurt because like obviously like um, while you, the coach is going off to do to a, to a bigger club, he's still leaving midseason. So it's like, okay, how much do you care about the team? And then also um, same thing with – and then now the – the man who's leading the golden boot race is also taken off, but he's not leaving. Um, there's no, there's no transfer. Some he's not moving to like the premier league. He's not, he's not like taking a step up. Like I would say like, this is very different than like um, it, it's uh, he started off um, as a signing similar to like Miguel Moran with, with Atlanta mm-hmm. um, and Atlanta um, fans, I think, would be happy to see that he, that Amaron, um, who was like this nobody, then ended up going to Newcastle and being like a huge part of a Premier League yeah. side. So the fact that Tati, there was a rumor he was going to go to Leeds, like that was better. But instead, instead, they're just moving him on um, to a team that is also owned by city fc um and i would say this is again just a huge slap in the face to nycfc because not only does the team uh does the team already play on a baseball field oh come on um uh, that was too easy uh not only do they still play (laughs) on a baseball not not only do they still play on on a baseball field but they also like they're they're saying that they're they're saying that they think that this that MOS is um, it's like it's also just an so to MOS and and the club and how much they care about the club like they're saying this t this lower level La Liga team um, is uh, is more important and like it's not like that team's gonna compete. That team doesn't they don't compete in La Liga. Um, so the fact that they're just like moving him on to another club, like I think it really shows that City doesn't care at all about NYCFC, which I, I think is very sad um uh for NYCFC supporters. Um and so like I again like the fact no transfer fee um and how this is handling like uh like uh, it's uh, yeah. like for a club, I want to be proud of my front office, um, and this is just not, this is just not something that I I like at all. Well, I gotta say the MICFC front office has never been perfect. Uh, in a weird way, I they've improved since Claudio Reyna left um, mm-hmm. for Austin, um, and like as much as I love a bear. Um, Domay Turan, our, our manager at the time, hey, Bear was like his ninth choice for a striker because we were because David Villa left, and so we were looking to fill that hole. And we learned that after Domay left, that a Bear was like his ninth choice of a striker to sign, and even then, it still took them like three months to sign him and all that. So, our front office has never been perfect. Um, and the aspects of this Tati deal are definitely disappointing. Um, 
I mean, I know we all saw the leads, rumors and stuff like that. And, and that was pretty exciting. I personally would have loved to see him in the Premier League. I think, I think he would fit well there because he's already a really physical player. Um, and he can get kind of chippy. And so I think he would probably get equal fans and enemies in the Premier League. And that would have been fun to see. Um, I don't think La Liga is a bad destination. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Girona FC. I think, I believe that they were just promoted uh, to La Liga from the second division. Uh, and it, it, it's definitely a little annoying to sort of, to see City Football Group just sort of move him to another City Football Group team. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know how... I don't really, I don't really know what Girona looks like. I don't know how they'll compete in La Liga. Um, it's possible that Tatu would really elevate them. I don't know. Um, and but the thing that confuses me the most is that it seems like it'll be a loan for a bit, and there won't really be a transfer fee, because what I was hearing was that we were rejecting bids for Tatu because they weren't. Uh, they didn't reach the right sum is that the, it wasn't a high enough bid. And so it's confusing because it seemed like we were being stingy with the money and wanting a very specific amount. And now it seems like we're not even going to get anywhere close to that. Um, yeah, who knows? Only time will tell how this move works. I am definitely going to still keep eyes on Tati in Spain. You better uh, play. Yeah. Yeah, he, he better play. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, if he just sits on the bench, um, then it's gonna be and then it's gonna be like why like again, why did they why did they do that? Like why did they move him? Um with yeah. especially otherwise, how 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 well he's playing. Yeah, otherwise I'm not salty about it being a midseason move. Um as soon as he wasn't sold in the summer, I was like, okay, we're gonna play half a season without him because he's going to go uh, in the summer. Sorry, when he wasn't sold in the winter, um, I knew that he was going to be sold in the summer. Um, and so, and it's just how MLS works because MLS wanted to be quirky and different and decided to have their season take place at like a completely opposite time from the rest of the soccer world. So coaches like Ronnie Dyla have to leave mid-season if they want a full preseason with their new team. If they want a preseason with their team and to, you know, learn their team and meet the new players, they have to leave mid-season. Second time this happened to us, Patrick Vieira did it to us when he went to Nice in 2018. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's the downside of the dumb MLS schedule. Um, I mean, it's nice that there's MLS soccer going on while all the other leagues aren't happening. Uh, but this schedule has kind of added detriment to the MLS players, especially when national, when, uh, when international breaks roll around. Um, I guess this is an, an uh, extra time topic. I'm kind of ranting yeah. because I'm salty yeah. that we always lose our coaches uh, mid-season. Because that's yeah, definitely something that they could have, it's definitely something that they could have flipped. I mean, MLS is literally the only league uh it's the only league that has not been affected really by the world cup being when it is this year, but it's definitely thing yeah. that uh, they could change. I mean, 
the reason the, the argument against it is people people are like, oh, no one wants to play in January in Minnesota. But Minnesota mm. could have built a roof if they wanted. If <laughs> yeah. they could they could make Minnesota build a roof. They probably so should can, have built a roof because in a couple of years, I'm sure it'll be like snowing in July in Minnesota. But that's it, it's that's terrible. another podcast. Um, that's a different podcast. One of the uh, people, but it's true. One of the um, that is that is definitely one way that MOS could if uh, be taken more seriously. Matt, do you have any? Do you have anything to add about about Castellanos or uh, how are you? Do you feel bad for the NYCFC fans? I mean, like the baseball field is one thing, and then just just piles on. Uh, I I don't think the impact of Tati leaving can be understated, and even though I recognize that the talent behind him is quality, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm speaking poorly on any of those players, I think when we talk about Tati, we may be talking about the best player in the entire league. Um, and him, you know, when you lose the best player on your team and a player who would be the best player on any other team you would go to, um, you know, you really can't understate that. Um, so I think this will matter. I think this in combination with the drop in form that is related to Cushing taking over, not necessarily like a causal thing. It's just, you know, a new coach is going to take time. Uh, I think yeah, of course. that whereas maybe a month and a half ago, I said NYCFC would be my pick um, to win the MLS Cup. I think these two things together seriously hurt their odds. But I still acknowledge, you know, 11 people are on the field. Tati leaving um, isn't going – like this is not a bad team without Tati and with Cushing as head coach. This is still a quality yeah. team. But I do think it's important – to not understate the impact this will have because Tati is really, really talented. I agree. And I, it'll definitely take some time to readjust to a team that's really without him. It's like I said, we, you know, there are a couple games where he didn't play this year and, and a bear started instead. Um, but we will have to react to what it's like to not have him in the locker room or even on the bench if he's suspended or something like that. So it's yeah, he's like I said a couple of times already, he's probably the most important player in, in NYCFC's history. So it's really, it is a big loss. Final game hat trick. I would love that. that it happens? I really, I need the bad Has he had a hat to trick? show up on Saturday. Has he, he had has a hat trick? He's had two. He, ha he, he has had okay. Yeah, he had a hat trick okay. against the Red Bulls in 2020, and then he had four goals against. Uh, so we'll make it the RSL perfect hat trick this year. It's How just many 30. weeks yeah. after he's left the MLS will he be the Golden Boot race leader? Uh, Isn't he only he's only ahead by like two goals or something, right? Yeah, I yeah. just I actually I looked earlier when you mentioned that Mukhtar was in the race as I checked and Mukhtar's one goal behind Tati. So unfortunately, oh, okay. it won't so, last very long. So probably not even a week since Mukhtar will probably score this weekend as well. Yeah. Hani, uh, Hani is six for six across all competitions right now. Tati yeah. just needs to yeah. score 10 goals tomorrow and then he'll <laughs> yeah. win the golden boot. It's he'll true. If he gets three, boot. if he gets three, it's fine. That See, would wonder, be, 
that would, would actually happen? be hilarious. What would, that would happen actually... if if somebody who wasn't in the league won the golden boot? Like how would they that? Would, they would give it to I'd him. I'd love to see it. They would definitely give it to him. They would. They like. They would mail out the trophy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they definitely give it to him. That'd be they a little pathetic. The, they would put it in the Girona trophy case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would. They would definitely. They would. They would definitely give it to him. Um, let's move on to my team, to the Sounders. It was a disappointing, disappointing week um, against uh, Chicago and just in general. 12th um, place Chicago. Let's get that horn. Yeah, we, we need a horn <laughs> for <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> okay, good. This, there has I, to be a I, horn against Seattle. Yeah. There's going to be horns against everybody else. There needs to yeah. be at least one. Yeah, you, you deserve you deserve it. <laughs> it Ezra, um, I'm, okay, I mean, like, I'll give it I'll give it to Ezra Henderson, um, Chicago's coach, the former Sounders coach. This is the first time that Smetzer had ever coached against Henderson, um, Hendrickson. So I, was, I, I am happy to see I do want Chicago to do somewhat well because I like Ezra. Um, uh, I, I don't. Well, I wouldn't say that this would necessarily be a jumpstart for Chicago, um, uh, though. Um, yeah. So in this game, um, just poor, poor marking. Not the Sounders really didn't have, didn't really have that too many chances um, in this game. Um, but we give up the goal early on, 23rd minute. Um, to Zichos, um, Sounders did have more possession in this game, but pretty similar to the Nashville game um, and a lot of our disappointing games this year. Like, we've had – the Sounders have had too many – one zero losses this year, which has been very frustrating because, um, and again, like, I don't think it's time. To, it's definitely not time to panic to, to super panic because it's hard to really say it's, it's, it's hard to really say what's wrong with the team because we're not playing that badly. Um, we're just, it's one little slow, uh, slip up is costing us, uh, two points. Um, I, I know. Yeah, it's tough. It's like, um, cause in all those one zero games, we have had chances, um, less in the Chicago game than like in the game against, um, Nashville, um, where again in Nashville, like Will Bruin had a, had a huge opportunity, besides the new who won that he really could have finished. Um, it also just goes back to when um, Roy Diaz isn't on the field. Um, we're a different team. Um, I was happy that we saw Will Bruin start against Chicago, even though he didn't have a, a good game. Um, he's an actual forward. So um, I, I, I'm happy when he plays there since Montero is not a forward. Um uh, I, I, what do you guys think? Since, like, 
there's not like one obvious uh, problem for the Sounders. We just have been underperforming. Um, so Seattle is obviously quality. Nobody will deny that. Uh, they have finally and deserve. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to well, make the okay. playoffs. I think that's. They have finally and deservedly slipped out of the top 10 in the power rankings. Um, it took a while. It took longer yeah. than it should have. Um, because you always, I mean, it's true. Whenever every team gets nervous when they see Seattle on their schedule, no one will deny mm-hmm. that. But maybe there aren't as many nerves as when the season started or when that CCL championship was fresh in everyone's mind. Um, we're, we're definitely not playing like we were um, during CCL or directly after. So right now, Seattle is one point short of the playoff line without a goal in hand against LA and three points short of the playoff line with a goal in hand. Um, So what I really wanted to ask you uh, and what I've been sitting on while I was over on vacation was, Mm -hmm. and I've asked this before, um, and I, I think your answer was zero, but on a one to 10, what is your level of worry about the team right now? My level of worry now is probably, probably like a probably like a three because again I don't think we're like there is no doubt in my mind that we're gonna miss the play that that we're going to uh, I, I'm not worried that we're gonna miss the playoffs because we're gonna find our way in um, um, somehow we will find our way in. Um, though, um, right now the team is lacking confidence and we just need our confidence back. Um, so hopefully moving forward, our next game's against Colorado. It's at home. Um, Colorado on the road has been absolute trash this year. They've been, they are 06 and three on the road. Um, so hopefully we can and we've struggled at home recently. Our, the, our last two home games against Montreal and Portland, um, we lost. So hopefully we can get another win at home um, against Colorado, um, uh, who, uh, while they're in 12th right now, I think they're underperforming. I think they're better than that. Um, so, so hopefully we can bounce back. Um, besides... Now, I'm not really sure where, like, what position um, this needs to be, but um, I, I'm hoping that we do sign someone during this offseason window. Um, the Sounders are very good at scouting. Um, I have not seen many reports um, about the Sounders looking for someone, but, I mean – in recent history, the Sounders have been some of the have have been one of the best midseason signing teams out there. I mean, when we think about like how much Ladero um, changed the team, like we went from last to first 2016 when Ra- Raul came in, he changed the team. Um, uh, I would probably say the position that we need. Uh, I would either be like another forward um, or uh, and another midfield 
uh, and another central midfielder um, is probably where where I would look. Um, uh, and uh, maybe, and then hopefully with that, we get another jump like we did in seasons past. I have a lot of faith in Garth Lagerway, um, who on another thing, uh, this might be his last season. There's been rumors that he might leave the club. Um, though that is a little surprising because the Sounders recently announced uh, uh, that uh, our new training facility is going to open soon. And then also the World Cup is going to be in Seattle. Um, so even though he's won everything, there's a lot of new stuff coming to Seattle, but still he might lose. So uh, he, he might leave. Um, so I'm thinking, so that we definitely need like another spark and either whether that's piling goes on Colorado or a new signing coming in, we need something because like we have the pieces and obviously with when Rahul comes back from, on, from this other um, injury, like that will also help. Um, because again, like we just have to clean up the little mistakes because we're only losing, we're losing one zero and we're, and in those games, we're not like being outplayed. Um, we're just getting beat on like one play. Um, because in most of those games, we have been dominating the game. Uh, so in that sense, so when I look at it that way, um, I do feel that that what keeps me from being more worried than like a three. Um, if, Ethan, if you, I were... Yeah. If I were to put myself in the shoes of a Seattle fan mm-hmm. and I was asked that question, um, I would say that if the goal of the season is to make the playoffs, then my level of concern would be at a two, maybe three, maximum four. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that Seattle sets the standard so high. And yeah. um, I think that if the expectation of every season is to be competitive to win the whole thing, to win the cup. My concern for Seattle's, this Seattle team in this form's ability to compete at the highest level in the entire league and win the cup, my concern could be as high as an eight. Um, The form has to improve or the quality has to improve. The team as it is at this exact moment will not, cannot compete at, you know, for the cup. Um, Well, when we get in the playoff, when we, when we get into a playoff, into the playoffs, like we are a completely different team. Like I, I strongly believe that once we were to get there, then like a switch is going to flip. Like we're going to be um, just making the playoffs. Like we can make a run. Um, so uh, I don't think, I think just like getting to the playoffs for the Sounders is huge. And, and, and um, if we just get there, then we know we have a decent chance to win the entire thing. Um, and, 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 and also like, um, like even like, uh, even if we don't do that, if we don't win the whole cup this year, like this season is still always going to be remembered because we got the club world cup coming up. Um, whenever that actually happens because we get to play in that. And because we still won CCO, we're the first team to do that. So um, it's always going to, so the season will definitely not be a failure. Um, 
in my dreams, I'm just thinking about like who, like what uh, I think could be good for the team um, and what I sort of, uh, what, what I would be happy to see. We talked about it um, a little bit uh, uh, before, me and Ethan talked about this a little before, is uh, uh, Luis Suarez out of contract right now. Um, he's been rumored to, to come to MOS. Um, Nadero is like best friends with him and he's been trying to get Suarez to come to Seattle for a while. So I don't know. I don't think it's impossible that Suarez could sign with the Sounders. And if Suarez uh, like signs with the Sounders, I'll do the cinnamon challenge. Like there's no way that I, I, there's no conceivable way that Suarez goes to Seattle. There's no way. No There's way. no way. My we just opinion. saw a bit. We, we why? Because of the money? Because of uh, like what? I don't on? see Seattle as that desirable for a for a, a, a European giant. Personally, I don't think we Jared are, Bell's going to Seattle one of the, either. We are one of the biggest clubs in the entire league. I know, but we you're have, ninth place right now. Not to mention yeah. Seattle. Seattle's not that attractive so what? a location. That's not true. Seattle's I... the fastest growing. Seattle is the fastest growing city in the whole I know, US. But if players aren't even here. going to New York like that, then they're not going to go to Seattle. They all want to go to LA and party with I, Keelini I think, and Bale. Just because, just because it's not that... as nice as the weather is is not is not like LA. It's not like people aren't coming. Uh, it's not like coming here. I think that's. I think I completely disagree with that. Like, like, yes, it's not, yes, it's not LA or Miami, but Seattle is a place that because of our history, with our history, I'll do the saltine challenge. I'll do the salt ice challenge. Like I don't, I'll do all the old, I'll do the ice. Now I want him to come even more. Now I want him to come even more. That's how confident uh, I am. I don't risk I'm, things like this. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, side pretty, yeah. pretty confidently. And you can play the sound clip and play the horn in the future yeah. when, I guess, Luis Suarez comes. But um, I am going to side pretty heavily with Ethan here. And I'm going to say that if a player of that, like, you know, with that history behind him um, comes to the MLS, he his first priority will be location and city and living the american life and a player like Ladero is really, definitely talking it up he's like best like friends that, with Ladero. it's like hey Luis, like come that, over here we got like good coffee yeah. or something a player like that is going wow. to end up in la wow. or new york or baseball, not in the mls baseball at all. field <laughs> i you remember, i hey, that's i that's I, if I i'm wrong i'm wrong in seattle you know, I, yeah. I'm gonna say if you're hoping for Luis Suarez, I would te- I would temper your hopes. Is would be my. Advice. I, I mean, like, say, yes, he's if he if he's Seattle. coming if he's coming he's taking he's he would he would take a pay cut. It's gonna he he's probably gonna he'd be coming. Um, hope I would hope that if the Sounders do that, they're signing him on a TAM deal similar to what Gareth Bale is being paid. But again. Like we are one of the top teams in MLS. Everyone knows most people outside of the out of in the world. One of the MLS teams that they know of is the Sounders. Um, people know of Seattle. People do. So Seattle, on average, 
So the, the national average in the United States is 205 sunny days a year. Seattle gets 152. Luis oh, wow. Suarez has lived a significant portion of his life in Barcelona. Um, it would be a lifestyle change and a pay cut for that lifestyle change. He also lived I just a, wouldn't bet on it. I just wouldn't bet on it. He also lived a he also lived um, a portion of his life in Liverpool. Uh, whether there is pretty similar to Seattle. That's true. Uh, I don't think I, it's the again. I, I don't think it's anywhere I, close. To I want to say so, I, I don't think it's gonna too I, yeah. hard on Seattle as a city. I personally have never been. I'm sure it's wonderful there. Yeah, there are definitely attractions in out. Seattle, but I personally not, love Seattle. Not for a player like yeah. Luis Suarez. Um, okay. great. We are going to remember that we are going to remember this this conversation and we will be playing this when this happens. Um, uh, one thing that uh, over the break, uh, uh, so we talked about Ladero uh, some of some bit um, there's a uh, there's a rumor going around that this is going to be Ladero's last season. Do you have any thoughts on that, Matt? Um, he's because of some uh, him not being uh, close to Uruguay. Um, he might go back to sign with national his like a uh, childhood club. Um, so he can be closer to family. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, Nadero, my feelings of it are Nadero's he's done literally everything he can with the team. Um, and he's been with us for, this is his sixth year with the team. Um, since he came in 2016, so I guess 70th uh, year, maybe. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Matt? Uh, I think that it would hurt to have him and Roy Diaz leave at similar times. And I do think it's possible that Roy Diaz does not have forever left as a sounder. Well, Roy, D- Raul Roy Diaz just recently, well, this year he signed like a three-year contract. With the team, with the con, with uh, extension, and he loves being in Seattle. Like that, that's one of the things that I that uh, that uh, surprises that a little bit surprised me about Ladero is it, it definitely has to be something related to family in Uruguay. Like it's hard for them to see him because Ladero, Ladero, and um, Raúl have talked a lot about how they love being here. Uh, they love having their fam. They both of them have. Like I think Raul has two kids and Nadeo now has three, and they both um, have talked about how they love having their family here. Um, um, and on and Ladero, yeah, like I'd be, I'd be, it'd be very heartbreaking if Ladero gone again. But um, um, no, there wouldn't be any hard feelings um, because I, 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 uh, again, he he's done everything in my mind. Um, he has a hundred percent been the best player in MOS since he, since he showed up, um, with what he's accomplished. Um, but you look at, uh, I, I see you making that face, Ethan, but you look at what he's won. I will, I will say won. something about Lodero, yeah. not about him as a player at all, yeah. but you're talking about mm-hmm. Lodero being friends with Suarez, talking up Seattle. Mm-hmm. You just told told us that Ladero was 
rumored to go to Nacional. And I just saw that Suarez is also rumored to go to Nacional. Mm -hmm. So I feel like yeah. if he's texting Suarez about anything, it's, yeah. hey, let's play at Nacional together back home in Uruguay. That is one thing that definitely um, hurts my theory that Suarez is going to come because <laughs> at the same time, Ladero is is on his way out. Um, but nonetheless, I think Luis Suarez would be hugely successful if he came to if he came to this Hunters. Did Ladero um, ever win MVP? Uh no. Oh. He should have. He could have won in my head. I I feel like he did, and I feel like I see him with the no jersey. because in 2016, MVP was won by Giovinco, um, and in uh. 2019 it was won by Vela. So both times it was like it was MOS right. just being MOS. It was the MOS office being MOS. Like there was no chance he was going <laughs> to win, but yeah. but he could have. But he was nominated in. Obviously, he was nominated. He was nominated in 2020, and I think he was also nominated in 2019. Um, hmm. uh, but definitely, like he he could again that he got come, but he got um, newcomer of the year when he came in 2016. Uh. Um, I think that's the only league award that he that that he like currently actually has. Um, that being said, moving forward, if the Sounders don't make a signing um i am interested to see like maybe they should try mixing up the lineup a little bit um since we uh added rusnak rusnak has been playing more of a defensive role than he played at rsl so i've been seeing some sounders fans on twitter um and uh and uh, some some reporters have been saying maybe it's a time a chance to try him out on the wing um either on the left or right side and then moving either having Rodon play back or, or having Leva um, start, start back. Um, Leva, Danny Leva recently has been playing very well for the Sounders. Um, that is one of the bright spots uh, from him. Um, we haven't seen him a lot recently, but he's been playing very well. Um, and he played much better. Uh, the Sounders looked much better when Leva was playing uh, 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 center defensive midfield instead of Ladero. Uh, Ladero is not a defensive midfielder. He's got to be able to to go up. Um, so uh, keeping Ladero, letting Ladero play higher um, is something that we got to continue to do. And then also, like if we can't play Will Bruin up top, another change that we can do that we can see is we, we can uh, put Morris up top. Uh, we have, we've had success in the past of having Morris be that lone forward Morris every day. He looks better um, at uh, he, he's looking uh, better um, and more, more fit. He's looking like his old self um, with his speed after obviously again, coming off another, the, the second ACL Um, um some people, controversy that uh, Adrian Heath picked him for the All Star game, but I think it's deserving from from what he's from the injuries came back and how he's playing right now. So I I'd be okay to see him up top. Um, I it will be I'm very interested to see how how the Sounders lineup. We'll see if we get. 
Um, Roy Diaz back. Um, it seems like Stefan, Stefan Fry should be back and go. Um, he's back from COVID. He had COVID for the game against Nashville and Chicago. So he should be back, even though Stefan Cleveland played, um, has continued to play well when he stepped in. Uh, so, yeah, so for the Sounders, next game against Colorado, um, again, hopefully we can uh, jumpstart and, and move above the line, move above uh, the galaxy in, the, in our next game. Let's continue to preview uh, uh, the other uh, everyone's next game. Um, we already said we're hoping that NYCFC can um, pile on the goals for Inter Miami. Do you have any other predictions or anything that you want to see for the NYCFC's next game? I I, just, I want to win. I it would really suck if Tati's last game uh, was not a win. I also, of course, would like him to score a goal or a four. Um, but, you know, I guess I'll, I'll take what we can get. Something that I'm really looking forward to for this game is that it's a 7 p.m. kickoff. And that is a beautiful thing in the summertime because the last two NYCFC games that I went to were like noon, 1 p.m. or like 5 p.m. kickoffs. And it's it's so hot. It's just so hot and the sun's just blaring down. Do you know um, what the temperature was at all for those games? For those last games? They, it wasn't that? even that hot. I remember one oh, of them okay. it was only like it was only like 83 or something like that. But I was mm-hmm. sweating buckets just because of the sun. Just the heat of the sun was a lot. So I'm so glad that this game is at seven o'clock. I'm sure a portion of it is gonna be played under the lights, which is always fun. Uh I think Tati can thrive in those kind of situations. Um, and I think this game I, is on Nash. This game's on ESPN, I believe. I think oh, it's, really? a, uh, it's a primetime game. That's kind of upsetting. Bec- I Normally it's not upsetting, but I would have liked for uh, Joe Tolleson and Ian Joy to be able to commentate Tati's last game. Oh, it's uh, on, uh, it's on, um, it's on Unamas. So it, they'll probably, hmm. it probably will still be on, um, on, on Yes. All right, cool. Yes, then, because usually, oh, yeah, if with the Spanish commentators, yeah. they still have that. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I really I just want to win. I want to beat Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we've ever lost to Miami, and I'd like to keep that going. Um, yeah, that's about it. I want to win, and I want Tati to score. Uh, moving on to Nashville's next game, they are traveling to Cincinnati. Matt, how are you feeling going into this game at TQL Stadium? I think since the international break, Nashville has looked the best they've looked. Uh, I don't think they've ever looked good since the international break, but I do think if they're trending in a direction right now, it's up. Um, So, But also Cincinnati is the best they've been in a long time. Um, So... You know, the this I see this being a competitive game. I saw Shaq Moore train with the team today. I don't know 
if he'll be eligible to play. I'd love to see him in the starting lineup because I'd love to see what he can do. Um, but I, I, I probably predict a win um, and hope for at least points out of this game. I would be disappointed with a loss because, like I said, I do see the trend being upwards uh, if there is one, even though the run of form has been disappointing um, holistically since the break. But I predict a win. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati, obviously they are above the, the playoff line. They just came, they just played Columbus, uh, in the Hose real game. They played, they played very well against Columbus and obviously Columbus is on the up and up. So I think this will be a, a tight game. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see, um, if, if Nashville can truly, um, kickstart their season again, um, because they have been struggling of late. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, if they can get a convincing win against uh, against Cincinnati, I think that would be big. I don't expect it to happen, though. Um, uh, yeah, probably uh, – I'm expecting uh, one – like uh, another 1-0 game, um, most likely. Uh, and Sounders are playing Colorado. We already already talked about them um, again. Um, should be interesting to see who the Sounders line up with, um, and hopefully, hopefully we can just score a bunch of goals. I really hope Roy Diaz is back for this game. Um, uh, this is random, but I really hope um, we also don't have Joe Dickerson again as the referee. I feel like he's been refing every game in Seattle recently. Um, it's not that he's like been so terrible. It's just like, can, let's get someone else. Um, or, or also, um, if we're going to have a and, – and also no, no more Daniel Radford also in the VAR booth. Um, did you uh, – did you know that? Did you know that Matt, that the guy who was the VAR for the Sounders Timbers game, was the same referee who did the red card wedding game, who did, who gave Dempsey, um, who gave Dempsey uh, the red card when he ripped up his note. Same referee, um, uh, VAR just completely hates hates the Sounders, um, and Pro did. Pro did, uh, again, uh, they, they admitted that they got that wrong, but they did not release the audio of the VAR talking. Um, you know, they do for other places. Um, uh, I did not know that. Do you think that altered the result? Uh, that penalty decision? Yeah, I think it, it definitely could. I think the game is a huge... Um, uh, that was a game changing decision. I think there's a big, there was a big chance that uh, Reagan might not have gone in his first yellow um, at the end of the first half, second half at the, at the end of the first half. And uh, if the Sounders went into halftime against Portland tied, then the second half is completely different. Um, so I do think that changed um, the game a whole lot. Uh, but, but we, Got to move on from that. Um, uh, quickly before we end, just some other topics that happened this week. Um, they re- MOS recently announced that 
uh, the players that will be participating in the MOS Skill Showdown um, the week of the All-Star Game. Two players who were not named as All-Stars have been included in the Skill Showdown, um, them being Insignia and uh, Herrera. Um, these guys in total have played maybe like 10 minutes on the field. Uh, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about them being included um, in this? I'm getting vibes of uh, commissioner of Don Garber picking Gerard and Lampard into the all-star game when neither of them had played a game um, in MOS. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on that, on those picks, uh, Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's not a good look for the league. I think you have to respect the players who succeeded in the league and not just make a very short-term marketing decision um, to advertise this skill um, event. Um, I, I understand the decision, but I think the best overall look for the league is to respect the internal talent and not – because it, it's like a blatant acknowledgement that the quality in other leagues is higher which everyone knows um, when you're talking about like Hector Herrera um, coming mm -hmm. in, like he wasn't, you know, he was playing at a higher level than the MLS before he came here. Um, but it, like blatantly acknowledging that by inviting them to the skills challenge without the minutes to back it up is, yeah. I, I don't think it's a good look. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, MLS all-star team at all, Matt? Um, since that also came out when you were away, um, are there any snubs or, or any thoughts there? Um, I mean, it's some of it more than more than in some years. Um, it, I feel like the fans actually got it pretty correct. Like the players who they selected are doing better, um, are actually playing well this season. It's not just a complete popularity contest. Um, one thing that's like that sort of again like hurts the popularity contest is it, like in the past the people who have made the difference in all-star games have been the people who are actually informed not the people who are the most famous usually um like usually you get the half of the popular of the popular players um in the starting lineup and then the second half you get the players who are actually playing well and it's usually the people who are actually playing well who get the goal in the all-star game. Um, are there any players who you think got snubbed or shouldn't be there, Matt? I think you could pretty easily switch out Gil for Mihailovic. Um, I think that feels like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. um, besides that, I don't think there's anything really – I don't think there's any obvious mistakes. Um I just feel like the level of yeah. New England was low and the level of Montreal was high. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's the, if I got we, one change to make, that would be it. We also said, uh, Ethan and I were talking about last week, we said Long um, instead of Lucinias um, is a pretty big snub because um, Aaron Long has not been that uh, that great for the Red Bulls this year. Aaron Long in general, and yes, I'm biased. We'll get that out there. Aaron Long in yeah. general is not that great. 
if he's yeah. starting alongside Zimmerman at the World Cup, I think we've made a huge mistake. To quote Arrested Development, yeah. but yeah. and this gets this gets into uh, one other final thing I wanted to talk about today uh, is uh, uh, on Monday. Uh, Greg Berhalter was on uh, Football America's the ESPN show, um, and they asked him. Um, about John Brooks, um, which continues to be one of the biggest mysteries with the U.S. men's national team. And Berhalter's um, answer, he, he did give more of an answer than he th- did before, which is that uh, last November he, uh, he, called, he talked to Brooks and he was like, here's what we want to see from you. Um, we want you to be on a team. Uh, we want to see you uh, uh, working on uh, uh, a higher press and we want you to play for a team that plays with um, a higher press because that's how we like to play. Um, and he also said like, we, we sort of know what we see, what we're getting when we, when we have him. Um, but that was his reason. So like with Brooks, who's currently like looking for a team right now, um, from Wolfsburg, it seems like if Brooks has any hope of going to the World Cup, um, based on his comics, he should go to a team with a high press. Um, uh, now, this being said about uh, Berhalter's comments, one thing that I find really funny is the main center back for the U.S. men's national team, uh, the man, Walker Zimmerman, who does he play for? What type? What type of defense do they play? Well, I'll tell you what they play. They don't play a high press. So, like, I feel like that this answer from from uh, Berhalter just is complete bullshit. Uh, do, you, do you guys have any thoughts on on uh, on 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 that on on Berhalter's comments? Uh, I think that the difference is probably that Walker is like has such a strong resume with the actual national team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely like a, he's been one of the more impressive players in all of qualifying. I think I'm, I acknowledge my bias, but I think that yeah. I can say that. Um, and we, also, we've said, yeah, we've said before that he's like number one on the on the plane to the World Cup or the number one like starter for the national mm-hmm. team. Um, and then I think where Walker stands out is his distribution of the ball. I think he's an incredible passing center back. Um, like uh, I, I think I forget which game it was. He had a very impressive assist to an assist um, that involved a ball to Pulisic, I think. Um, and uh, I think, I think Walker can, can come off very impressive with the ball at his feet, uh, where some other options cannot. Um, well, now, while John Brooks, like he, while his recent performances against, um, like against uh, Canada, um, and uh, I can't remember if he, I think it was against Switzerland, um, weren't the best. Um, he still, his experience um, is still something that I think would be great for the U.S. to have. Um, for the next World Cup. I mean, uh, for this next World Cup, most likely the only player who will have played in a World Cup 
is gonna be um, Yedlin. That's gonna be that's and that's it. I think having Brooks as especially because someone's gonna get injured. Like we already know, like Robinson, obviously he's already injured. Another center back. I, I think it's likely another center back. Someone's gonna get knocked. Someone's gonna get James injured. Sands. I think you bring him. I, I unfortunately you bring. I think you bring Brooks over Sands. Sorry, Ethan. But Brooks is better than Sands. You can bring both of them. You can bring both. You can bring both of them. So Honestly, I know, maybe I wouldn't He's say better. Brooks is better than Sands because Sands is very versatile. I'll say I'll say Sands is better than Long. I'll say he's better than Long, and he might be better than Bri- than uh, than uh, Carter Vickers. Um, oh. uh, um, but yeah, he, he should nice. at least be on the plane. It'd be nice if if John Brooks was there. I think he should be on the plane too, especially because he kind of blew up at the 2014 World Cup. You know, he scored that goal to win it against Ghana. Exactly. Um, and I yeah. think that'd be great. I think it'd be great. Yeah, just having him in the locker room would be huge for a lot of the young the young guys. Um, in in general, like while watching. Uh, seeing Burhalter on Football Americas, you guys should watch it if you haven't. It it is very interesting, um, but it is like while he did share stuff, he also really doesn't share that much. Um, and it's just like this got me thinking. It's like, and and this is something that we should talk about more in the future. But like in in all sports, like like why is like part of the culture is in interviews? If you're a coach or a player, you just you never actually really say anything in an interview. <laughs> like you never actually answer the question. You never like truly yeah. say what you're thinking. And it's like, and it's to me, it's like, why? Like, um, yeah. Like, why can't people just be honest? Like it would be better. Like it would be so the much better is- if people just answered the questions. It's not like people like, it's like, it's, it's like, People never say like who's who's the starter gonna be. It's like okay, just yeah. get, just because like like there's not much a, a team can do if they know for certain that like your striker is gonna like like it's like um, if if yeah. say like um, Cushing said this week like Castellanos is a hundred percent gonna start this game against Miami. Like Miami's gonna be like. What, like Miami's gonna be like what, like, like why did <laughs> yeah. they say that before we they're supposed to? For that. Yeah. We were um, not planning for that. We were not. Is that like they're not gonna do that? Yeah. So like, why do we wait that? It's annoying though. Whenever um, a player does speak their mind, this I feel like the sports world goes wild. Like yeah. Ky- Kyrie Irving, I don't look. Okay, Kyrie Kyrie Irving is not a perfect person at all, and I don't agree with Kyrie Irving on a good amount of things I would say. Um, but there was a, there was a time, there was a moment last year where he said in an interview that like he said, basketball is not the most important thing in the world to me right now. Yeah. And I was, I was in New York at the time. Cause I think we were, we were on a break from school or something like that. And I listened to sports radio every now and then, and they yeah. all lost their minds. They're like, how could you say this? don't you like basketball? Like you're lucky to be playing basketball. Yeah. And it's like, but I just like, I, I was like, he's not wrong though. Like there are, there's many more important things than basketball in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's a similar thing. Whenever a player says anything about the ref, they'll get a fine 
like they'll get fined by the league, and that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like players but, I mean, should be able to make comments about the refereeing. Well, like, well, I think that's I think the comments about the ref is different. Like, you should you like, um, you shouldn't be. You can like you can ask questions, but you, but you should not be allowed to say like, oh, this ref is terrible. Like, <laughs> like if you if you say that, like, like um. Because again, like the referees, the referees are are human. Like you shouldn't be um, um, um. Anytime, like you're, it's different if you're saying something uh, uh, to get punished for like saying something that is going to hurt someone else. But for but for stuff that's just about like actual um, uh, playing. Um, I feel like there, there, there definitely can be less transparency in the sports world for sure. Um, I, that's that's anything that 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 I would like to see change. It won't change, but it could. It should. And that's what this uh, show is yeah. about. Yeah. Change. Uh, anything else? Right anything <laughs> else we want to? <laughs> anything else we want to cover today? I think I think uh, that does it. I've, I've, I have a very yeah. quick thing. Uh, maybe yeah. we can talk about it more in a future episode or next episode, yes. but I'll just let this sit. I think if Greg Berhalter were to be totally honest, I think what he would say is that the team he's built is ready to win the 2026 World Cup. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's the intent behind the squad. I, how- I think, I mean... The U.S. has a, a decent shot. They have a very good shot. Any team, again, any team, the way soccer is designed, any team can win the World Cup. Any team can win on a given day. You don't have to be the better. You don't have to be the better team. You just have to score more than the other person. Any team can win. Um, it could happen. The day that America wins the day that America wins the World Cup um, is going to be absolutely incredible for all American <laughs> soccer fans because Europe will crumble. Every Euro snob will home. not have... Soccer is coming home. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be great. I think, did Minnesota yeah. tweet that? I, th- they I think they might have. Like yeah. I think Minnesota tweeted it after they beat... Um, who did they beat? Everton? Yeah. Yes, Everton. Is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is another thing. Yeah, that's another thing that we could we should definitely talk about. How how well would MOS do against the Premier the Premier League in, in the Premier League? Could the best MOS teams survive in the in MOS? I think I think they could. I think um I think they wouldn't necessarily get relegated. I, 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 think, I think we could have some fun hypotheticals for that. Maybe we'll yeah, prepare. Yeah, for sure. Maybe yeah, Suarez we'll do, would join Seattle if they were in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. I'll, we'll, drop we'll it, definitely, I'll drop it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll drop we'll definitely we gotta talk about that in another episode. We also we gotta it. talk about we gotta talk about West versus East. East also for the all-star game. That's just how it should yeah. be, like really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's less of an argument actually for that. For that, uh, more of a pitch. But uh, yeah. But again, if you Let's if you have Don any, Garber on the show. 
Yeah. If you have any idea, if you have other ideas for stuff that we should talk about, you tweet at us at WCB Football. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. Email the show at footballslife.wecb at gmail.com. Check out, find us on our website. Contact us on there, footballslife.net. New episodes every Friday. We'll be back next week to talk about maybe Tati's last game. We'll see. Cincy, Colorado. Should be a good one. Until next time, football Football is is life. life.